Hi, welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschool kids who love the Lord and love each other. I absolutely love young moms, and it's my privilege to encourage you and share tips and tools to make your journey easier. Thanks for joining us today. I am so excited about this podcast today. We are going to actually interview a Vietnam vet. I talked to you in the last podcast about how to make living history, how, how to make history come alive by interviewing people that lived it. And today we're going to show you how to do that. So thanks for joining us today. Remember, as always, you can access our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, or our YouTube channel, or Facebook page. So again, thanks for joining us. And today we have with us Major Woody Wolderin. This is part two of an interview that Marilyn did with Vietnam vet Major Woody Wolderidge. If you did not listen to part one, we recommend that you go back to last week's episode and listen so that you can better put this week's conversation into context. Now back to the program. I can't believe he could function like that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, again, God's grace. I mean, you know, the fact that I'm here. I mean, I, I know. I, I tell you what. I do believe in angels. Uh, Psalm 91. My my wife and her mother. They prayed me through Vietnam, and yeah. that was their favorite psalm. Every day they prayed that, and it says there in that psalm, it says He will give His angels guard over you and I, I i felt that i actually felt that yeah i mean i sense I that it. yeah i mean because immediately i mean i see that guy in the black jamas running and i'm ready to take a firing position next thing i know i'm up in the middle of the air the rest of these guys are getting destroyed i mean they're like the kid i was talking to he got hit by the engine door he went into eternity uh, immediately wow. and then the driver and and the uh, and the crewman man they were just uh, you know, they were just incinerated, you know, with that, with these two young people. Wow. It's just absolutely unbelievable. I'll never forget it. I, I leaned that day against the good tractor when I had a moment uh, waiting for the chopper. And I said, Lord, if you get me out of here, I'm going to follow you anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I admit it. I, it didn't happen exactly that way, but seven years later, it did. So tell I, us about I that. Like well, you know, um, Christine was a Christian and, you know, in the Marine Corps. You just hit the hit the ground running the whole time. I mean, it started in Vietnam. I pick up my platoon at uh, two o'clock in the morning, uh, in the afternoon, and the next morning, zero dark early. I'm gone, and it's just uh, from there on in. It's every day you're you're in something, and the Marine Corps back in garrison is just as bad, if not worse. I mean, you're on ships all the time. You're you're making landings in the Caribbean. You're in the Mediterranean. You're you're on uh, air alert. Uh, you know, 15 minutes standby. You know, for for so many uh, days, and uh, you know, you got to be ready to go with your platoon <laughs> and wow. or your company, whatever you're doing, and yeah, you're, you know, as a company commander, and just um, uh, so all all these uh, duties. Well, finally, we end up in Pittsburgh, and that was after I had a a year unaccompanied tour. In other words, I was in Okinawa for a year, and the same kind of thing in Okinawa. And I was there at the same time Ollie North was. We, we oh, yeah. Wow. So we got to know, uh, we met each other there. Wow. But um, we came back to Camp Lejeune. And um, anyway, um, so we, we were stationed in Pittsburgh. I got stationed in Pittsburgh to do casualty calls and uh, uh, in uh, 70, let's see, we were there 72 to uh, 75. 
72 to 75. And uh, so uh, Christine said, you know, we, we've got to get in church. We've got to go to church. So, so we did. We went to church. So we went to Penn Hills Baptist Church. And uh, there uh, we joined that church. Uh, I heard the gospel. And uh, I got saved. We was in a small group. We were in Bible studies. Uh, I got baptized there. And uh, God just took my life and turned it around. I stopped wow. uh, smoking, drinking, cussing. All, the, all my bad habits uh, went out the window. And I, I was a changed man. Wow. Uh, God turned my life around. And um, I, I hopefully I was, became a better husband and father than I was before in so many ways. But, you know, doing casualty calls, having to go and tell uh, a mother or a wife, you know, mm -hmm. your, your husband was killed. You know, it's, it's, it just takes your heart out. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and uh, how, how people's lives were affected uh, in, in so many ways in, in Vietnam. And um, I, I just started to realize just a little bit about uh, God's grace and His mercy in my life. And, Started, God started building a, a burden in my heart and in my life. I'd never thought of uh, Chinese or using the Chinese language at all um, in any way other than I, I learned it, I did well in it. But right after I got saved, glory, hallelujah, I got, I got orders to Taiwan for three years. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I wow. didn't ask for it. Wow. <laughs> I didn't ask for it. I mean, that never happens. Yeah. And then, and then for three years with your family. I mean, uh, for in the oh, Marines. Oh, with your, okay, wow. In the Marines, you get an accompanied tour. That That is for the elite. Above, <laughs> you know, uh, no one gets that. No one. I mean, it was God's hand. Yeah. Uh, I didn't ask for that. They. What happened was Headquarters Marine Corps, they had a position for a Marine major uh, who had the language background to uh, serve in... Uh, the Ministry of National Defense for Taiwan, ah. uh, U.S. Taiwan Defense Command. And that was for uh, 1976, for two years, 76, 77. And so they, they sent me to State Department Language School, which happened to be in Taiwan for the first year. It was hard, really hard work, but it paid off. I mean, I, I used the language every day and for two years. So that gave me a fluency that, and an under, I was able to understand the language, and uh, I was able to read and write it to a certain extent. And this uh, was Mandarin. Yeah, Mandarin. So the the reading, the writing is is all characters, no alphabet. Uh, so that's uniform throughout all the all the uh, different dialects that they have. They have huge number of dialects. So, like in Taiwan, if you went there, they, they would have the Taiwan dialect. And then they would have other, depending on where you lived, they would have another dialect. Mandarin uh, was the official dialect. And uh, so the, the Chinese communists made that the official dialect uh, when Mao took over in 49 in order to unify China itself. Because every province and every city in the province and every county would have its own language. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they're, they're different as night and day. Wow. I mean, the Shanghai language uh, is totally different than Beijing. Really? Yeah. And uh, so they, you know, but educated Chinese, they, they, they know, they're like Europeans. They know three to five different languages. Wow. And, uh, but they're all totally different. They're very difficult for us, you know, because uh, the, the uh, pronunciation and things are so, so different, <laughs> you know, for stuff that we have.
So tell us how the Lord used that in your life. Oh. Like you learned this difficult language. It was your job to do that in the Marines. And then what did the Lord do with that? Yeah, thank you so much uh, for that uh, question. Uh, that's really uh, one of the highlights of my life because what happened to me was, um, you know, um, I had, uh, I was coming up on retirement and uh, retirement age, you know, uh, 20 years, but I, I thought I was going to be promoted to lieutenant colonel. But um, the years 1981-82, uh, my class came up for uh, promotion, uh, uh, eligible for promotion from major to lieutenant colonel. So I got passed over for promotions on both of those, <laughs> both of those times. Now, for most guys who are career, that is an absolutely, I mean, it's a devastating thing that happens. I mean, it hurt me also because you're wondering, why did your peers get promoted and you didn't, you know? Yeah. And uh, where did I mess up? You know, you start thinking about, you know, about it. But I think one thing with me, you know, language uh, you have is intel, you know, they, they want you for intel. As an enlisted man, mm -hmm. when I first went to a language school, they had me as a radio operator to uh, intercept Chinese uh, messages and stuff like that. Once, but as a, as an officer, you know, they had me as an intel. I did an intel billet for two years. While I was in that in Taiwan for those three years, my peers were uh, going to amphibious warfare school, ah. you know, going to all these other <laughs> schools and getting these command assignments and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, but I, I I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't. Um, anyway, at that particular time, I had a close walk with the Lord. I was in Officer Christian Fellowship. I joined that. Uh, a after uh, Pittsburgh, actually. Uh, while Ollie North and I were stationed at Camp Lejeune at the same huh. time, wow. and we were, oh, cool. we were in Bible studies together, oh, we went to kidding. prayer breakfasts wow. together, and uh, so you know we weren't really you know great buddies or anything like that, but we know each other. I mean, yeah. I, I just talked to him not uh, by email uh, just a couple of weeks ago about wow. about the election and stuff coming wow. up in Virginia. But anyway, um, so you know just. Uh, there was a huge change in my life, and I had a, a whole different outlook. And so I, I looked for God's hand in it, you know, uh, and uh, people were saying, oh, man, we feel so bad for you and stuff. And well, you know, at that point, I'm memorizing scripture. I'm running long distance. So I would go out on a long run and just, uh, you know, look, look at these Bible verses that I'm, that I'm uh, uh, you know, memorizing, you know, and it would give me a great peace, unbelievable peace. And so my... Uh, Christine's sister, Nancy, who's, uh, who's in heaven now, she uh, wrote Christine and I, and she said, uh, if, you're, if you're going to retire pretty soon, uh, there is a, a seminary in Tawako, New Jersey, uh, run by this uh, Chinese guy by the name of Moses Yang. Hmm. Maybe, maybe you would be interested in looking at that, you know? And so... You know, I was, you know, because I, you know, I didn't have any idea what what I was going to do. Yeah. And uh, but I do, I did want to use the language somehow in the Lord's work. So, I, I really prayed about that, and uh, I actually uh, took um, took a couple days and actually uh, flew to uh, New Jersey and visited that uh, that seminary. And uh, so, you know, 
it was Moses Yang. He had this uh, big church there in Tawaka, which is north uh, central in New Jersey. And uh, anyway, he uh, uh, he uh, there was only three students in the class. Oh, wow! <laughs> and uh, so there was uh, there was this girl from Taiwan uh, that that got saved, and uh, so she she came to uh, his his seminary. And uh, there's an ex-rock musician, a young black African guy who was raised with music from the time he was six, six years old. He was playing musical instruments, wow. mostly in, in nightclubs, <laughs> and a tremendous musician, and myself. And they called us Shem, Ham, and Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's great. <laughs> and, and it wasn't accredited. Yeah. So I could have gone to any school on a GI Bill. Yeah. You know, but... I chose to do that. I felt like that's what God wanted me to do. After a lot of prayer and agonizing and stuff, and everybody thought I was nuts, <laughs> including my wife, her parents. And so we, 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 I retire in, uh, in July 83, and uh, we, we got moved to uh, New Jersey. Christine's parents were there, and we stayed with them until such time as I could get settled and find a house uh, near Tawako. And so... Um, her father thought I was absolutely crazy. <laughs> I mean, he says, "What do you think you're doing?" And I would, I would just, you know, I just take my memorization cards and I'd, I'd go out and go for a long <laughs> run. And God would speak to me and say, "You're okay. Just keep doing what you're doing." Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, they asked me to start teaching in Hackensack Christian School. That was in 1985. And uh, basically. Um, uh, they had, they asked me to teach everything. I, I had a political a degree in political science and sociology, double major, plus a minor in Chinese. So uh, anyway, they um, we, I had four or five years there. Then my dad got real sick, and so I put out resumes uh, uh, for other Christian schools in in, in the South. He, he was in Richmond, Virginia, and uh, very sick. I was having to come down to see him. So. Um, I put up my resumes. The only person to answer out of uh, 25 resumes was a guy by the name of Duke Herring oh. of Turtle Lake Christian School. <laughs> wow, so that's how you got here. <laughs> yeah, so in 1989, we came down here and visited. They asked wow. us to come down. We visited with him and Pastor Allie. And uh, for some reason, they lost their heads and asked us to <laughs> serve here. And we're glad. <laughs> uh, so uh, we've, we've been, we taught there from uh, 89 till uh, 2000 when uh, Duke and Sandy Heron stepped down and uh, we stepped down at the same time. But in the meantime, um, I had uh, gone to Duke Herring uh, in 95 and asked him uh, if I could go because I was, uh, I was looking to go to China in the summers. I got to the point where I said, Lord, Lord you sent me uh, to these wonderful language schools and uh, it's high time you send me uh, to a place where I can use it. And uh, so I, I was going to go teach for the summer. So uh, Duke says, go, go see Pastor Alley. And so I went to see Pastor Alley. And he says, don't go for a summer. What's wrong with you? <laughs> here, I, I, go, I got a friend here. Uh, I'll call him up. You go send you for a whole year. So he calls <laughs> up. He sets it up. And so we went for a year, Christine and I. We taught for a year wow, in Beijing. Wow, I didn't realize that. Wow. It was unbelievable. And so, I mean, I was pinching myself. I was using the language every day. <laughs> Wow. And, and the kids, you know, uh, were really amazed. I mean, it's like you'd have a class of 80 kids in a, in a class, and you'd have five classes a day, you're supposed to teach them to speak English. I mean, I, I told the principal, well. I said, what do you want me to do? He says, I want you to, and he's Chinese. He's a Chinese principal. 
and it's a Chinese school. It's a great school, public high school. Well, he says, I want you to, I want them to learn how to speak English. He's saying, sir, that is impossible the way you have, you have to have small groups, one to five, something like this. My instruction was one-on-one, -on -one, you know. And he says, do the best you can. Wow. So, so, so we did. And, uh, but the kids were so, I mean, it's just absolutely, uh, they, they were so, such great students, so enthusiastic, so friendly, and so, it was just a total different world. I was pinching myself to make sure I was alive. You know, I thought I was in heaven already. Wow. And I said, you know, I said, Chris, let's stay. We'll stay the rest of our lives. She said, no, I don't want to. I said, why? She says, I don't have any friends. I said, look, 1.4 billion people, you don't have any friends. <laughs> So, she didn't know the language, though, right? <laughs> That's right. So that was a big thing. Yeah. So my sister came over for six six uh, weeks with us, uh, her, she and her husband, and uh, we traveled around with them and stuff. But she knows me pretty well, and we prayed together a lot about it. I was arguing with God, and she said, Look, maybe the Lord, what He wants you to do is go back and take as many Americans as you possibly can, take them to China, and share the vision with them. So we went back in uh, '96. Uh, at the end of the school year and had that vision. So I tried everybody I could in, that I knew in church, in the school, in neighborhood, anyone I knew trying to get them to go to China, nobody. Wow. So they asked me to start teaching Chinese after we came back. So in the fall of 96, I was te teaching Chinese. I only had five students in the class. <laughs> wow. And um, it was three girls and two boys. And so I somehow I brainwashed these girls and they said, we will go with you. <laughs> so that was the very first uh, summer English camp. Wow. In, in uh, the summer of 1997. And Marilyn, it was so funny because we're, we're, and we're at the front of the altar on a Sunday night. And we're, we're, we're on our knees, me and these three high school girls. <laughs> wow. And, and, the, and their parents and, the, you know, it's a typical yep. Sunday night service. So I, I'm there and there, we're in the middle of prayer and, and there's just little teeny thoughts slipped in and said, you stupid old man, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, for me, it was a huge leap in the dark. I had no idea. I mean, we were going back to that school. It was a great school. But, you know, with uh, three girls, none of us had had any training in ESL <laughs> or anything like this. Wow. And so we just had to trust God. I, I was getting up at I was up at four o'clock in the morning. We were in China wow. before the classes go on my knees, man. <laughs> Lord, help me! You've got to help us, you know. And I think we had the best time I've ever had in wow. China with that. I think I need to be in that position more, yeah. you know. But anyway, uh, we we uh, we had a, a good time there. The girls the girls have never spoken to me since, but but uh, anyway, it was uh, <laughs> and we traveled all over. Uh, but anyway, um, so then every year uh, since then it, it started to grow. In uh, 98 we had 13 go, 99 we had 25, and we kind of started into the same pattern we used for summer camps. And um, in 90, uh, 2000 on we averaged 100, 100 Americans a year and probably three or four hundred Chinese wow, students. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really is a tremendous ministry. I, I really praise God for it. And I just, uh, we, we did it up until uh, COVID. Well, I uh, we, remember you taking Bibles over there. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Bibles. Uh, well, uh, in 2002, Otis Goodwin, who was in, in charge of uh, OTAN uh, Outreach to Asian Nationals and Bridging the World, he asked me to join. 
and take over the China ministry for him because he wanted to expand it to Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, and those places. And so uh, I went on a survey trip with him. And uh, actually, uh, Mike Cook uh, was, a, was uh, a member of uh, OTAN at that time. He, he suggested that we go on a, a trip because I was a little bit hesitant. Anyway, we, we go on that trip and I, I come back and uh, I joined in uh, January 2002. I joined OTAN, so Otis said, okay, uh, I, I want you to uh, minister to the, uh, do the summer camp in the summer, but I want you to minister to the underground church in China and uh, do that for me. I said, okay. And so Bibles to China was the big thing then in 2002, the early 2000s. Uh, they were still needed uh, a lot of Bibles. The, under, uh, the South China church was uh, a particular one that had, had a great need. And uh, they, they were the ones that uh, you see the, in that video where they're opening the Bible and crying. Yeah, yeah that was uh, amazing. Uh, we, you know, we, we uh, did a lot of training with them. Uh, they were a small group. They had a lot of their pastors in, in prison. Uh, they, and the, uh, that one famous uh, organization uh, uh, has them, you know, had, had, them, uh, had people all over the world praying, praying for them. But anyway... Um, their leaders came to me and they said, look, you've done a lot for us. You've helped us. You've trained uh, our, helped train our people. And you're bringing us so many Bibles. We thank you so much. How can we, how can we help you? How can we, what could we do for you? I said, get a video of your people right after they've received the Bible. And these are people who are farmers, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. Junior high level education, if that. And so they, they have that one one picture where they're open they're just opening and you hear them squealing and screaming kissing ah, the Bible yeah, holding the Bible kissing the Bible yeah. holding the seat Lord thank you for the thank you for your wow. yeah it was just unbelievable oh that's so amazing and we we never even thought of it in terms of you know getting copyright on it or making money off it we just we just let it go I think it's, you can get it on YouTube oh you know? really yeah ah. you can just Google well you know, look for it because it's yeah. worth you know we they it showed is. it in church when yeah. they got back yeah so yeah. Amazing. And yeah, so they, uh, yeah, so that that was uh, the kind of ministry we did. So we did both of those. Uh, Lord allowed us to do that for up until 2017. I stepped down in 2017 to get give room for younger people to come in and take over. Uh, but I, I still have a heart. I mean, um, the, the Vietnam ministry manager asked me to go with them to Vietnam, and I did that in 2019. I, I mean, I just. Uh, I have the heart to do it, uh, but Christine's eyes are not getting any better, so I, my first job is to help her take yeah. care of her. So yeah. I'm reading to her now, having a blast doing that. <laughs> well, you are incredible. <laughs> this man took our family to the Vietnam Wall. Yeah. Just tell us about that briefly, because that was so amazing. Yeah, we, we love to take uh, groups to the, to the Vietnam Wall, and we had a wonderful time. The Boyers have gone with me several times, but usually we go to see the... Um, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, see the changing of the guard. It's, it's a lot of um, uh, military discipline and marching and orders, and, uh, but it's great pride and uh, uh, honor given to uh, the dead, which is uh, hundreds of thousands of them out there, nothing but white crosses. Yeah. It's a very moving scene. It's the uh, same uh, when you go to France. Uh, behind the uh, beaches and uh, it's all American crosses uh, all over the world you find them um, it's, it's just such a, a wonderful country and I, I enjoy so much Amen. Uh, the Boyers they, they're such a great uh, appreciative family and the, and the young people 
uh, let them see this early and uh, see what happens. But uh, from there we go to the Iwo Jima monument where they have six men raising the flag on Iwo Jima. And uh, Lord, uh, just every one of them, uh, three of them out of the, out of the ones that raised got, got killed shortly after this flag was raised. Uh, <laughs> it says everything right there. And, yeah. uh, and then, then we go to uh, other, other monuments, uh, the World War II, we go to Vietnam and uh, scratch off names of uh, the men that, that I knew, just a few that I knew that got killed at the uh, same time I was there, and people in my company and the tie-in. And uh, then, we, then we go to Korean Memorial, uh, Freedom is Not Free. And uh, then we go to World War II, and it's just, it's, it's totally, it's exhausting, but um, a moving, very moving day. You can do 10 miles taking that, that tour. <laughs> We're going to go back with our family this summer on the 4th. We always go 4th of July. It's the worst time. It's the oh, yeah. Time. More it, people. It's misery. <laughs> and, uh, but we, we love it because deep down inside, it does something to you. It does. It really does. He was telling the story in front of the Vietnam Wall and a crowd of people gathered around. And I remember that lady just with tears streaming down her cheeks, thanking you for, for yeah. your part. Yeah in freedom and freedom is not free guys and mm. we need to teach our kids yeah. that it is Amen. so important yes a little bit of woody's story is in character in action where we talk about teaching your kids to put character in action yes but amen i'm so glad that you got to watch this podcast uh -huh. because thank you so much for for marilyn i i can't tell you how much I, I appreciate you and your family i thank god for you and thank god for uh, giving me this opportunity to uh, release and talk but we appreciate you. He is a hero. Our family just respects him so much. He has helped us so much. And I'm just so glad that he got to share his story with you. Thank, thank you so much, Marilyn. Thanks thank for you. being You've with us today. You've done so much for me. Thank you. <laughs> God bless.